Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Moving Spotlight Podcast, or as I wanted to call it, the Booking Work <laughs> Show. Yeah. Is that what we ever called it? Do we ever call it that, Corbin? I think, we, we, I think we vetoed that. I forget why. I think it was... Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I also stole the idea from our from our guest later. Some of, some of that. Some of it's from his phrasing, I yeah, think. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, it got in my subconscious, and then it just bubbled out in my, my improv. So I don't want to tip yeah. the hat. That was, uh, that was a little preview for people that know. Yeah. Um, another episode. Excited to be here. It's actually... It snowed a little bit in LA, which is so, so strange. So I mean, strange. kind of a, kind of a hail... Um, my son and I had the smallest snowball fight you've ever seen. It's like little <laughs> tiny snowballs. Um, so pretty adorable. It was so cute. Uh, and I was like, you should see what it's like in Wisconsin, <laughs> in the Midwest. We got snow, real snow. Yeah. Um, Did you win? Did you beat him? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know what? I hit my my wife in the face once accidentally with a snowball, and I learned I can't I can't really do it. It was an accident, big bear. Oh no! Yeah, she was so angry. I meant for her like to hit her body, and it just kept rising and rising. I was like, oh no! And then she was angry. She was very angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I, and actually, actually, wait, Corbin, I didn't learn my lesson because we were just in Big Bear, and I was playing a snowball fight with my son. And I no looked a, ball, a snowball towards Annie, <laughs> oh, no. and it it went right by her face. It like missed, but it went right by. And she's like, "If that would have hit me, I literally would have killed you." I guess no I lesson, didn't learn my yeah, lesson. No, no lesson from the previous time. No oh, lesson learned. Jeez, uh, actually, that reminds me of a story, not snowball related, but when I was a kid, <laughs> I my grandma. I, so I had, when I was a kid, I had this like Nerf bazooka, like it was one that you like pumped up, mm, and you like, it, yeah. like air pump and a huge missile rocket. <laughs> I was, yeah. I pumped that thing. I was like, there's a dial on there and it went all the way to red. Yeah. It was this huge like thing. And I was, yeah. I got it ready. She was walking up the stairs and I was like, Hey grandma. And I shot it because oh, no. I was aiming for like oh, no. her butt or something. It was like, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it rose up, hit her square in the face. She had glasses. They oh, no. snapped and she was just like, ah! <laughs> like she just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. I'm so And I ran over and she like, t- for the rest of the week, she had like taped glasses, like the nerd in the middle. Like it was so, oh, it was the, no. so she was so nice like she was so didn't get mad at me she was like no it's okay honey i'll send you walked away yeah. i felt so yeah bad. it makes it even worse because she's like no it's okay and you're like no no i feel terrible oh, it was so yeah bad. my son got invited over to a friend's house and it was his first time playing with nerf nerf guns you know like and and we haven't really had those around and his kept getting jammed so he kept looking down the barrel of the nerf gun and i'm like quill don't look yeah, down man. there don't look down there and then the fourth the fourth time he did it Boom! It hit him right in the forehead. And I was like, and he was like, ah! and I was like, I told you four times, buddy. Don't look down there, you know. Oh, no. and, you know, so it was. Oh, you kind of learn those. Less. I will say, I remember. This is our new topic, I guess. I will say, I remember when Super Soakers, and I wonder if our guests remember when Super <laughs> oh, Soakers super came soakers out. Sick. Because <laughs> before Super Soakers, it was like you had these little squirt guns that just sucked. They like leaked, and like they took forever to load, and they were terrible. And it was such a brilliant idea because you had this like huge tank of water, and yeah, you pump, and they were so much fun. That, that was like that was like a life changing invention for at that age, which totally made sense. For sure, the, right? The colors were cool too. It was like that red see through or the blue. Yeah, those were those were my favorite <laughs> those are so cool oh my god i had an idea for an invention someone can steal this what if you hooked one of those up to a hose so you had the super soaker gun hooked <laughs> up to unlimited <laughs> water supply yeah now you can't go anywhere but you have unlimited water supply. isn't that just a like, hose though isn't that just like it's just a hose <laughs> but with a water gun attached corbin so there's yeah, yeah. there's better aiming it's it's, it's it is yeah, yeah so yeah. um 
Well, that's lovely. I love I love when we get on our gun stories. It's yeah, just such so, a lovely so day. We just start... <laughs> <laughs> not really, not really, not at all. So Corbin, I want to jump to our guest. I'm super excited. I've known him a long time. He is a, a wonderful, wonderful person. I've had many experiences with him working with actors in entertainment storytelling. I want to welcome actor, acting coach, and writer Marcus Fulmar to the show. Marcus, welcome. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, <laughs> It's so great to be here. Thank you. I love what you're doing. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Any any thoughts on Super Soakers or anything in that world? Does it bring back any any memory snowball fights? Anything like that, Marcus? Um, I I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, so I know well about the snowball fights, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, that's why when you yeah when you told that story about Annie, your wife, that is a. Uh, that can uh, ruin a whole Christmas holiday season absolutely. really Bro. quickly. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am a strong boycotter on uh, <laughs> the, the snowball aspect. Now the super soaker, that's more, it's nostalgic, but in a bad way for me, because I feel like it was just after, it just mm. after my time. And mm. it was sort mm-hmm. of like a jealousy thing. Like, like you said, you know the frequent refills with the little <laughs> oh terrible yeah yeah so yeah yeah I, I just feel like that was the idea that came a little too late for me to really uh get to benefit from yeah it. You're, you're kind of a jerk you show up at a party with those nowadays <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. that's right that's a quick way to get uninvited so <laughs> yeah, exactly i try not to do that <laughs> Well, Marcus, so glad you're here. I want to kind of jump into some things. And, you know, um, Marcus and I initially, we both went to Northwestern and we initially met um, Corbin through the um, the NUEA, which is a Northwestern Alumni Entertainment Association that is out here. And Marcus was very involved with that. Um, but Marcus, I want to go back a little bit earlier to that and kind of you mentioned Detroit. How did you end up you know, getting into the world of acting, storytelling. Did that start in Detroit? Did that start in Northwestern? Where did that kind of come about? Well, let me introduce a new setting, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I don't know why I referenced Detroit for snow when I actually spent most of my upbringing in Denver, like the oh, snow so- capital of the <laughs> United States, maybe. Oh, okay. So is most of this interview going to be a lie? Is your name Marcus? I'm really Marcus. No, I, I was born in Detroit, but from yeah. fourth grade on, we okay. moved to Denver, and Denver okay. is where I kind of got into the storytelling. From yeah. seventh grade on, I was mm. committed to the craft of acting and comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a group called Kid Skits that I got involved with and that just sort of changed everything and I started they had a performing company they had uh, a conservatory and an agency so that's wow. where both my study performance and professional acting career began that's mm. amazing yeah and so then the scene in Denver I'm just curious was it a lot of like kind of like community theater was it musicals was it print and commercial or just kind of everything or what, what did you kind of see there? What was happening? That's, that's interesting to me. It was mostly for me, live performance. We had yeah. a variety sketch and improv show that we did every mm. Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in terms of the, the professional side, mostly local commercials. Um, yeah. There was some, there was some professional theatrical work that came through town. There was a, 
Perry Mason, the movies they used to, <laughs> yeah. they used to make a series of Perry Mason movies for whatever reason. Viacom yeah. had yeah. like a production hub in Denver, yeah. and so they would make all the Perry Mason movies there. And then they brought a show to town called Father Dowling Mysteries. And for mm. myself and a lot of Denver actors, that's where we. Yeah. Got our start and got our SAG card. So I've been a SAG member since 1989. Yeah, oh my gosh. Wow. That's, that's, awesome. that's, that's awesome. You were negative 10 years old. That's great. I was a fetus. The first <laughs> fetus <laughs> yeah. to be awarded a SAG card. Uh, the fact that you can I'm memorize very, lines is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very proud of that, though. So. Yeah. Um, but okay, so when you when you said that, Marcus, so I, I, I helped produced this film, a uh, solver that is, that is streaming now. And we shot it in Rochester and um, you know, Rochester, uh, New York doesn't get a lot of films coming through, but when we went there, ours was like a very, you know, a, a low budget film. Um, but we met with like the film commission and all these things. And the last film that was there was Spider-Man three. And so whenever we bring up our film, they'd be like, is it going to be like Spider-Man three? We're like, no, like bring your sights way lower. <laughs> like, way, like, like they have a crew of like 500. We have a crew of like 12, you know, or like 20, you know, it's like, but it was so funny because we go to the real, he's like, like Spider-Man three. We're like, no, not like Spider-Man three, big different world. So, um, I just makes me think of like, you know, certain areas where they're not used to a lot of production and they get production and you know, what it, what it is or what it can be. And, uh, that's, that's, that's awesome. So then did that kind of propel you? Did you then study at Northwestern? Did you study like uh, TV? Was it TV film radio? Or was you, were you in the theater department? What were you uh, studying there? Yeah, I did at, at Northwestern. I studied the production side. The, the we caught it at a time. RTVF, uh, radio yep, television RTVF. film. I, yeah, yeah was such a thespian at the time that I graduated from uh, high school that I wanted to do nothing else but just act. But my parents, you know how parents can be, they <laughs> kind of wanted me to have some sort of, we would not use the word fallback. I never allowed anybody to use the F word. That was my <laughs> F word. <laughs> uh, and a fallback, but we talked about expanding our horizons. Like, don't you want... Because, you know, I've been at that point studying acting at the local level for, I don't know, how many years is that? Six years. Um, mm -hmm. So don't you want to expand your horizons? And I was like, very cleverly, I'll expand to film production. And, um, <laughs> you know, that was to appease my parents. But it turned out for me, I thought to be the, the best choice I ever made because I just mm -hmm. fell in love with the production end and I felt like in so many ways it fed my acting IQ as well mm. um, to have mm. that experience. So now, you know, I've continued to do both. The first love is the acting and, you know, the love I met uh, at Northwestern was the production and the writing. What would you say? Yeah. And then, sorry, I, yeah. I was going to say, what, what, what do you say that like, you know, if you were to tell like a younger you, like what was the most impactful thing of the production setting that you're like, like obviously don't speak on set, you know, like when the lights are red, like what are something that would a newer actor might find interesting or important? Um, it's it's um something that I use in my coaching to this day. It's like a question that I ask is, what is your function 
within this scene, mm -hmm. you know? And this is not a really actory question. As an actor, we want to know what's our motivation or mm -hmm. what's my character's backstory and all of that stuff is fine and good. But understanding that from the writer's perspective, I'm putting this character in there, especially if we're, we're talking about you're not going in as the series regular. It's not <laughs> yeah, all yeah. about you. This character yeah. has been put in there for a function to allow a main character or uh, to experience something or to reveal yeah. something about them or, you know, to just forward the story in some way because, hey, you know, it's TV and we're moving fast and uh, we couldn't figure out any other way to get the story element <laughs> in. And this character has been created to do that. Yeah. And that's, I feel like, yeah, yeah just knowing that will help inform your choices. It doesn't make your choices as an actor, but it starts, starts, sort of starts to guide them. I was just thinking that maybe I've been coaching my students wrong, Marcus, because I'll tell them if they have one line, I'm like, you are the, the lead of this story. Take 20 minutes in there and maybe like <laughs> them bringing in props and doing all the life just to like deliver yeah. the coffee. You're right, Marcus. Maybe I, I need to approach this. There's a reason they're not booking, I guess. That's very smart. Um, uh, I love what you're saying. And, and, you know, you, you've spent some time, I want to kind of jump into Marcus on some fun sets. Like I saw, um, Brooklyn nine, nine, how I was working on, like, was that a fun one to work on? Are there any sets that jump out of you that you like, you know, got to be on as an actor that were really enjoyable? Um, Brooklyn nine, nine was cool because of the particular scene, as you mentioned, like a lot of times the, the credits on my resume, I've been able to come in for just an episode. And so depending on what the show is, you may or may not get the experience of really getting to meet and interact with the cast. But yeah. on that particular show, it was kind of like a group scene. So mm. in that one, actually, I think we shot that in two days because it was such a big scene. I yeah. did get a chance to kind of see everyone work and kind of get to know everybody. So it was very fun. I think yeah, even though it was my first big, uh, quote unquote big, because there's no small roles, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my first quote unquote big uh, show out here was Frasier. And oh, wow. How was yeah, that? That jumps out as one of my best in, uh, experiences. Um, Could you talk us through that a little bit? Maybe the audition to going on set and stuff, like how that, how that worked, uh, Marcus? Yeah. Um, I was... It, it was one of my first, um, it was one of my first big shows that I went out for. I think Frasier was in about its eighth season, ninth, eighth or ninth season. So it was very much a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I went in and I was playing a police officer. And um, it was when I learned that actually... Comedy sets can be a lot more tense than mm -hmm. drama sets, at least mm -hmm. from working with the writer perspective, because, mm -hmm. you know, and, and going through the, the rehearsals and the, the, the run throughs and everything, because they've crafted these jokes to perfection or they're trying to craft them to perfection. So they want you to deliver the material as it's written. And um, I remember you know, young actor just wants to do well. And uh, I think the line was, I guess, I guess I can let it slide this time. And I said, 
I guess this time I can let it slide. Mm. And I remember after the run through, the casting director, Jeff Greenberg, came over to me and was like, because I, I had it memorized. Uh, he was like, just, just use the script. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember that um, in that uh, episode that I was doing, that there was uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, is on, guest starring on that episode, but she was not the first actress that booked the role. It, it was mm. as Frazier's junior agent. That's the name of the episode, junior agent. And I remember on my first day and the first read through, there was another actress that was the junior mm. agent. And mm. on the second day, that actress was gone. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was Kristen Chenoweth. So, oh, wow. Even though I've just put this forward as one of my best experiences, <laughs> it, was, it was slightly traumatizing because I'm like, they were placing actors up in here. Like, you could get gone on the second day. And so let me keep the script in my hand and read these yeah. lines as it's yeah. written and not get replaced. So yeah. it, it kind of put some fear in me, but at the same time, the cast was so warm and I love the multi-cam shows where you get to, mm -hmm. even though I have the one scene, I mean, you have a rehearsal this day, you have a mm -hmm. uh, studio run through and then the network run through. So even though I'm booked for just one scene, it ends yeah. up being a full week of production yeah. and spending time and show night with the cast is wonderful. Uh, whereas, you know, Love the the style of comedy in a single camera show, but those yeah. tend to be the more segmented. You know, uh, I'm just there for one day, and I just yeah. get to know whoever's in the scene with me. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking about what you said. I think that's a um, an interesting thing. You know, about this uh, the idea of like how uh, either being prepared or you know the, the fear of being replaced. But I think, um, Marcus, that's that's a really it's a one of the things I learned when I was working in casting is I was kind of like half into casting. I was like, you know, I was doing a lot of commercials and stuff. But when I really committed to like taking it seriously because other people's jobs relied on this, that's when I started working more in casting and also in acting because the copywriters, the director, the co their jobs are on this like commercial, let's say, being successful. This is their job. Yeah. And so with what you're talking about, a set can be, I think, stressful, even if it's a comedy, because these people are making a living, they want to stay successful. And so there right. can be stress on set. You know what I mean? And so with what you're saying, it's not just play is my point. There is play involved and you need to be funny, yeah. but it's like people's jobs are there. And so I think there is a, there can be a seriousness or there can be a bit of attention because you yeah. want to make it work so people can keep working. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're a piece of a much bigger uh, uh, business and mm -hmm. thing that's yeah. machine. And, that is yeah. Happening. And I think, and this is something we haven't really talked about, but I think you mentioned like, you know, doing a table read and like being replaced and that, that happened to a friend of mine. He got flown out like for a table read and then he got, got replaced. I think for actors trying to be as prepared for a table read as you can be, not, not, what I say is like turning into concrete. So you're stuck with it, but just so you're ready and prepared, you know, being, Oh, it's just a table read. It's super casual. You want to be relaxed, but being as prepared, I think is a really great thing to keep in mind because they, 
they are watching. You know what I mean? They yeah. are listening. Is the role working? Are the jokes working? Blah yeah. blah blah. You know, um, uh, we just had uh John Lair on that episode will come out, but he he got they got cut from friends after the table read. It wasn't because of them. They cut the parts. But mm -hmm. the point is like, he thought it was something he did. You know what I mean? But the, but the point is like that, that happens. Things change, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. So. I mean, you know, the script is always being tweaked and jokes are being added or cut um, yep. as they go along. So, you know, <laughs> that's why I say comedies to me tend to be more stressful. I've never really had that on a drama set where the uh, executive producer or writers are so precious about mm. the way the line is delivered. It's a little bit more, a little bit more loose. Um, yeah. But if, if yeah. it's a joke driven show, be, you know, very consci conscientious about how you uh, delivering it. And yes, know that that table read is, is a performance. You don't have to be off book. That's mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like you can read it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's understood yeah. that this is still a work in progress, maybe because you have new pages and new jokes that just showed up. But yes, give it performance energy. You got an audience. Mm -hmm. how, how does your um, improv and sketch background fit into that puzzle of, if you aren't trying to like go outside of that, but you're still trying to be funny or make it funny because it is that is that balance kind of what we're talking about. You want to be able to find a way to be like, look, I'm funny. I can make it work, but these mm -hmm. words are maybe not perfect, but then I also don't want to get fired. <laughs> sort of like, you know, our roles get cut or whatever. Yeah. I think, um, I love improv. Um, obviously I am, you know, currently a, uh, house team member at UCB and, you know, this is kind of my, I think, second phase of my improv life. I, I jumped into it when I was brand new to LA, you know, those many years ago, <laughs> and then kind of lost track of it and, you know, just dropped out and got to doing other things. And um, years later, was in New York living for a while and had extra time on my hand and jumped into a class at UCB New York. And it just Oh, yeah. Reminded me how much I love that mm -hmm. and yeah. how much I feel like having that skill set can really uh, inform your acting. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, when people think of improv and what you can take away from it, it is coming up with new and different things to say. But I think of it more from the organic of understanding that my intentions can be new and fresh and different just depending on how you then see and view whatever the circumstances are and mm -hmm. who however you see the character that's in the scene with you mm -hmm. so i mean you know improv goes beyond witty and different things to say it's like okay now this is the scenario how do you say these exact same lines Okay, now this is the scenario or this is the dynamic between you and this other character. How does that change it? And being able to improvise with uh, the, the changing beats mm. or dynamics mm -hmm. of a scene is, is as or more significant than being able to pull new and different lines or jokes out of your behind. <laughs> Marcus, I got um, uh, kind of following up on that. I know you 
created your own series, uh, uh, Alleyway. Uh, can you tell me about about that and that process? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we got the sound effects. Surprisingly, very good, John. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking for. Uh, I love that process, and I think it's the best thing I've ever done for my acting. Was uh, you know, doing that for a long time. I had never brought the writer side of me and the actor side of me together. But uh, mm -hmm. I did that in alleyway and, you know, uh, it's just 20 episodes I have of this web series that I was just intending to sort of get as a writer, primarily my comedic voice out there and to, as an actor, kind of show, yes, this guy right here can be the lead. You know, he can mm -hmm. do the uh, guest work, uh, that cop that comes in and pulls someone over, but he can be the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what yeah. I wanted to show with that. But why I say it was the best thing I ever did is just you forget just the power of getting in reps. Because if you are a working actor, um, and you're, I and I consider myself to really be a working actor. This is how I make my living. But how many days on camera does that really add up to for even a working actor? It's not that many days that you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be a professional at. So uh, adding in this web series, like I had a lot of camera time and just a lot of time to, you know, go up and do scenes and really hone my on-screen dynamic. Um, and I, I came away I, from it feeling much stronger as an actor. I, I love that, Marcus, because I, I think about that a lot of this idea of reps and like, yeah, like, let's say you're on a show. Great. You know, you're getting paid. You're getting reps. Wonderful. If you're not on a show, are you creating something yourself? Are you in a class? You know, are you doing, are you, do you have a lot of self tapes? You got to be getting those reps because I always think, well, you're going up against people that are getting those reps. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And with what you're saying, you learn so much just in the acting part, but also in the writing part, you know, it kind of, I feel like it all can kind of inform just your confidence as a storyteller, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that comes out in different ways, you know what I mean? It might not be a one-to-one -one in a sense, but it just comes out in the way you talk about the work, the way you approach a director, the way you might audition, you know what I mean? Like that stuff, doing that helps build up inside yeah. of you that energy, right? Yes, absolutely. I walked away from alleyway feeling knowing let's put that feeling away knowing that i was funny mm. versus feeling that i can be funny but it's like mm. no i'm funny because i did take after take and a lot of it had to do with the fact that my attention was split in so many ways so I didn't even really have that much time to think about my performance by the time I got through writing it and directing the other actors and getting the props together and doing all this. It was just like, okay, we're doing it. And the fact <laughs> that you kind of walk away and say, oh, I still was able to put some quality uh, stuff mm -hmm. on camera. It was just such a confidence builder. I was like, I'm funny. <laughs> I am funny. <laughs> I can do it. Which you need when you go in and you're seeing, yeah. you know, these what you would consider more established or yeah. deeper in the game people that you might be going up against. 
uh, how quickly can our confidence sometimes be uh, deflated, depleted? Mm -hmm. So you need, like, that's what alleyway and when I do my own stuff uh, gives me going into those other opportunities. And Marcus, because I, I always think it's great for, you know, people to work on their own projects. Like you can be auditioning for stuff, but it's always nice to kind of have, you know, some sort of project when you've got the energy for it. How did you find like other people kind of coming out of the woodwork to help or other actors you knew like to be like, did you find people were like, yeah, I'd love to work. Did you have to kind of like, you know, how did that, like, I always think that's an interesting energy when you're starting to do project like this. Um, I, as an acting coach, I really had a lot of, especially acting talent to draw from. Um, mm -hmm. To me, a lot of the, I have a community of filmmakers around me as well, just by default, without even really trying to uh, get that. It just is because of where we live. So that's kind of, I, I think, one of the cool things about uh, doing this career in L.A. Uh, you can do it other places, but I think um, that community that just is inherently out there is cool. So, um, yeah, people are willing to jump on board. I do say that for something like that, you do have to expect to be the captain of the ship. Like I, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I did a successful uh, crowdfunding actually mm. for the second season of my show, but <laughs> it wasn't as I expected. I, I saw all these like, or in at least in the early days of crowdfunding, you could just put something cool out and I'll throw it on my Facebook and money just comes from <laughs> magically comes so from everywhere. <laughs> Someone from Sweden gave me $5,000 and Oh, here's $20 from New York. And it's like, <laughs> you feel like you're the old school Jerry's kids fundraiser. Oh, got? go to the board. And, uh, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> Every donation that I got, I sent a specific direct message or an email or a mm -hmm, phone call. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. when you when you're the cheerleader for your own thing and put it out there, I think people respond to your um, commitment and energy and enthusiasm about it, and they will donate. Uh, they will donate their services and, you know, definitely actors are always going to be ready to jump in uh, and, mm -hmm. and run with you, but you got to be the captain. For sure. Marcus, I, you know, I, we, like I, we met through the NUEA and we like co-directed um, showcase together and things like that. And I've seen you coach and direct and kind of like mentor in a sense, what what do you think is important to make a good like teacher or a good mentor, especially in the in in acting and storytelling? What do, what do you find? What do you gravitate towards? I think it's important to um, to be able to build up, to be uh, patient and encouraging. I think um, one of the things I notice uh, that can be the greatest indicator of whether or not uh, someone's going to do well and be able to have a sustained career is how supported they feel. Um, mm. Because I, I'm more in the school of, I don't think everyone, like everyone, they, everyone can be a great, brilliant actor, but I think almost everyone can work in acting 
mm-hmm. at some degree. Because we know a lot of the stuff does not, a lot of the parts I've done, I don't think require <laughs> some brilliant, deep understanding of the craft. I mean, it can be a lot of uh, based on looks. Um, and if you can sort of get your basic uh, understanding of how the business works and how to approach an audition, like you can be cast without being brilliant. Not saying you're not brilliant, but you can be cast without being brilliant. So, mm-hmm. um, but you have to, a lot of people come out to LA and they're, they have different levels of support from home. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out here where the family, whether it's a parent or fa- cousins or friends are, sort of waiting for you to fall on your face. Mm. It's a thing. Mm. And, you know, they're looking to a coach to say like, yeah, you got something. Oh. Mm. And I've I really learned that there's a responsibility there because um, mm-hmm. people's uh, dreams are sort of hanging on your head nod your thumbs up or your thumbs down to say yeah like yeah. yes this is a viable thing for you so um you know it's a lot of it is just about building that confidence and that's kind of how i approach it um uh knowing when to give the hard note because you do have to at times like give a hard note or, or press someone to to commit or to uh, you know, with the, the age of millennials, you know, it's like really commit is is a hard thing. But um, no yeah. one to do that. The timing of when they're ready for the hard note and when to just mm. be a, a nurture supporter. Yeah, I think that's great. I I I, I saw somewhere dealing with that, uh, Marcus. This thing that talked about when someone's kind of. Uh, learning and kind of my hand is kind of doing an upward swoosh when they're on their way up. That's a good time for the confidence, for the support. And then as they kind of, it's almost like a plateau. That's when like at times the hard note can come in when they're ready. And so I think it's an interesting thing to think about that because I think, you know, I feel like the old school way of of teaching is like that, like hard note, like right at the beginning before people are even ready, you know? And I feel like that's kind of, it's kind of gone, gone away. Um, So I think that's really, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, and, and I like what you're saying. I, I always say, uh, and, and I got this from my buddy, Sean, that like, I can still be really nice, but hold you to like the highest standards. You know what I mean? I can still be positive, but hold you to really high professional standards. And I think that's great. I, I, yeah. I love that, you know? Um, I'm, I'm curious, Marcus, your thought, because one of the other things is like, there's this, this like, I don't know, it popped in my brain. There's, I feel like people are like, you have to have other hobbies. And I always think that's so funny because you kind of do, but I also feel like you have to be obsessed with it, if that makes sense. Like you have to like, you have to like really commit to it. And I, I know that the, the point is to be a well-rounded person and makes you, but like you have to kind of get obsessed with it to become yeah. really good at it because it's so competitive. And so I think that's always an interesting thing. And I understand the idea, but I'm also like, yeah, but also if you're if you're taking hikes every day and doing all this stuff and not really <laughs> obsessed with the kind of you know what I'm saying like if you're not kind of obsessed with it, it's so it's so difficult anyways. You have to like get obsessed with improv for a while. You got to get obsessed with acting. Oh, yeah. Get obsessed with script analysis. I think, and that's where you really kind of grow 
and then you can ease off it. But I, you know, I don't know. I, you, do you have a thought on that? Um, I do. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think I come from, and we come from a different way of thinking. I mean, I, we were in class for years, like <laughs> just, just always in class. And I think, yeah. I think, um, without even knowing it, we kind of, that was the default to sort of commit and go deep into it. I think the microwave generation, I don't want to sound like an old like guy and all cliche, but there is a real, with the internet <laughs> and the immediacy of things, there is a sort of mm. shifting of thinking to where that is a harder sell to get someone to really mm. like dive in. And so I think maybe maybe another another way of going about things is to to have this well-roundedness. I think, okay, I just had this, I hadn't thought about this before, but I think they're both important. They're both things that make you an asset as an actor to have this whole life that you're mm. sort of drawing from. And I do have the experience of, uh, uh, you know, emotional fulfillment and this and that and all these different aspects of myself that I can bring to the work. And I'm addicted to the craft and I study. I think they're both mm -hmm. important. And I'm sort of doing a side-by-side -side thing with my hands. Yeah. To go with your swooshing hand, I'm doing <laughs> a side-by-side a, a, a -side fist thing where, uh, yeah. um, you know, they're both important. And I feel like because people now, they don't have that in, built-in discipline to go and get obsessed with the study of the craft, more focus is put on this well-rounded life thing, which mm. again, I think fist by fist equally important. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think it's uh, like, uh, well, quick, Corbin, you're, Corbin, you're, you're 16. How do you and your other <laughs> teens, how do you guys approach this stuff so, as, as a young in? So first we all get together and talk about all of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can just make sure we get on that in the docket. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, cause the hard part or, because I kind of relate with what you're both saying. Like, I, I think people want a quick answer. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about, the immediacy. And I'm wondering how, because to me, I've always been of the mindset where, like, if I decide I'm going to do something, I'm just going to start doing it every day. Like, it's just more like, like John, you always say this, like, brick by brick. So it's just kind of you're building this mm -hmm. habit or you're building this, like, skill set, I suppose. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to get obsessed with multiple things like acting though i think the hard part kind of what we're talking about acting has so many things there's improv there's sketch there's comedy there's drama there's uh scene analysis and like what where do you point that direction like how do you find somebody to tell you how to do that or like and so you don't kick yourself because one week maybe you're doing really good scene analysis but you're forgetting about your comedy or what have you um so i think like to me it's it's trying to find a way to you know, slowly get there. Uh, I don't know. Does that ring any bells? Because it sounds like you guys went to like school and like you guys learned how to get this habit of just continuously showing up and that kind of, of course you're going to get better. The more you put into something, the more it's going to grow. Um, well, we both went to nerd Western, so we're both kind of nerds. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak for myself, you know, uh, um, but, but, you know, Corbin, one of the thoughts I have with that is like, 
it's interesting. I think this is a this is an interesting topic for me. I mean, I've always like kind of not denied myself like going on like let's say like a vacation. Like if I was going to take a road trip, mm. like a lot of actors are like, I will not leave because I need this audition if an audition comes up. And I'm like, I'd rather go on the road trip. And if audition comes up, then I got to change it, which I know can be a pain. But I don't, I don't want to stop living my life with my family, my life seeing the world. You know, if I have that opportunity, so that is like something that is definitely for me has always been a priority. Hmm. Um, and and so that's interesting because I do think about that. But then on the on the flip side of that, I have found the more I've kind of like dedicated myself to a daily practice or that brick by brick the more confidence I feel, the more success I've found. And sometimes it's under the surface because I feel like that's the other thing is sometimes it's like we're getting closer. Now, Marcus, my hands are doing almost like a surface <laughs> and then something underneath that's like tunneling up towards the surface, okay? okay. So this is like, a, like, okay, good, just so you know what's going on. Um, but, but the point is we do that work and that work underneath the surface. And I was just thinking about this recently and it's like nothing's happening, nothing's changing. That's not true. It's just externally nothing's changing. Mm. Internally stuff is changing. And then there's these breakthroughs. And I think, or you're ready for this 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 opportunity. And yeah. so I think that is then where we might not, you know, if we are uh, kind of spreading ourselves thinner, which I can have a tendency to do, we're not really laser drilling through something. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know? I, you mentioning the uh, taking that road trip, I, I was the opposite. Um, I think there, I did not leave Los Angeles for like a, like a 12 year stretch. I didn't go anywhere. Um, this, is, this is, if anything, my one positive uh, fallout from the, the pandemic, the self tapes, which I hated initially, have made me feel more able to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just pack up my little home studio. I grab my tri- tripod, my little light. Yeah. It's like this big. I'm doing a small <laughs> sort of square <laughs> thing with my fingers. Uh, it packs right in there and it's very bright, surprisingly bright yeah. for such a small yeah. uh, device. And I, I yeah. feel like, okay, I'm not going to miss my one opportunity to be a series regular if I go yeah. to, um, I don't know. Where do I So, Marcus, I got to tell this great story. I, I don't think I've told it before, but I, I went, I met my parents in Colorado uh, uh, near Denver to go skiing. So it was just me and my parents. And I got an audition for one of these Christmas movies, you know, like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I had to like, people, I'm sure they've done this on self-tapes. You want a decent background, so you like have to put up a sheet from like the hotel room, right? So I put a yes. sheet up, and you literally you have no tape, so you jam it in. I jammed it in with like forks because it was like an Airbnb type, you know. So you jam it into like forks. You're like, that's gonna leave a mark, okay? So you've done that with the forks. Then my um, we have no tripod. I didn't. This was before tri- like portable tripods, or I didn't have one. So um, we took like a Dixie cup, flipped it upside down, cut the bottom of it out so it would stay up to put an iPhone into that, okay? Yes. So my dad was in charge of that, and my dad never knows if it's recording or not, okay? So he's in charge of whether it's recording, and he has no idea. Like, he's just, like, kind of clueless with iPhones. And, and then <laughs> my reader, Marcus, is my mom. And, and this I've definitely told. 
My mom, you think readers give you nothing? She gives you way too much. Okay? So she, and I've told her, so she'll be like, why? And I'm like, oh my God, just like, just throw it away, mom. Like, that's a really big question mark, you know? And so, so she's way giving me too much. And I felt bad giving her a note because, you know, we're on vacation. She's and so, so, but I was like, mom, you got to give me a little less. And there was two scenes. So my, I don't know if it's recording because I don't know if my dad's hit it. You know, the fourth thing is falling. And then, and then the second scene is with the romantic lead and I got to oh. read it with my mom. And my mom is like, my mom is like, should I look you in the eyes? I'm like, no, look at the paper. Don't look at me. Like, this is so weird. But I love that story because I felt like the tape actually turned out okay. Um, uh, I didn't book it, but it turned out okay. And that's what being a professional is. You know what yeah. I mean? You're reading with your mom, your dad's running the camera, the sheet behind you's falling and you got to be locked in, you know? And, and it's, 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 Oh my gosh, I laugh about that so much. And then my mom be like, why? I'm like, oh my God, mom. Like, you're, you're blasting me now. You're blasting oh, me. Oh, I, I need to steal that for like an acting class exercise. It's like, you know, now do a romantic scene with a surprise guest. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and open that door right there. <laughs> if you can make this work, if you can make this work, you're ready. <laughs> That's the test. That's the, the, the test. <laughs> but but Marcus, I do agree. The 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 you know the rise of self tapes, which I know all actors are are aware of, it has has been kind of freeing in that sense, which is a really you know wonderful wonderful yeah. thing. Even though it's got its own you know things where you're not you know in the room with the with the casting director and stuff. Right. Um, Marcus, I watched. I really loved it. And I just was curious how it came about, and people can go online. Maybe you can give us the website if you know it. The I am not a robot thing. How did that come about? That was hilarious, That's man. So I, we, Corbin and I watched it. That was something that was the first thing I filmed under COVID protocols. And um, yeah, oh, man, it's it just came through as an audition. That's something I did not uh, know the filmmaker. He's a uh, commercial director primarily and he wanted to get back to working and do something that he could uh do more narrative and get it out into festivals so you know i got the script and i just connected with it and you know it, it, it's been to a lot of festivals i am not a robot yeah it's short it's very short but um you know people love it i love it it's great it's great and and yeah people you can you can you can google it and find it it's it's really funny and great and and it has to do with you know when you click i'm not going to give it away but when you click on that thing that says i am not a robot on a lot of the web pages you know it's kind of based around that idea and, and marcus is you're yeah, what, you're what awesome Re man, marcus recapture, so. recapture 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 yeah yeah yeah, recapture, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was so good. You, you're you're um, so great at it. Like every, every, I was telling John, I was like, oh, how he like, sh like you just shifted back in the chair and how the power completely <laughs> changes. So, you did such a good job landing these very funny moments that were probably thank not you. written on paper. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah, was, that was all was me. Awesome. That was all me. <laughs> that was all, all Marcus, no big deal. <laughs> um, um, Marcus, before we get to our final segment, I just, so we we worked on um, the Northwestern like alumni uh, showcase out here. We kind of okay. we, we worked on it together and stuff. What do you remember from that experience? I'm just curious. Mm, well, I'm not sure I remember anything because <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I should say it like this: it, I was uh, one of the co-presidents of the NUEA, as he mentioned the group earlier, and I loved doing it. Um, my tenure was so long 
<laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, it runs together. I've done a lot yeah. of them, so I, I'm not yeah. sure I can differentiate the one we did from the one that came after. But I love sure. the process because there's so much community building. I mean, I know, I know, yes. I still have all those relationships, and even though we all have the shared experience of having gone to Northwestern, it was at different yeah. times and. It's just a great thing where we get to build that community and have writers and actor, young actors. And some of those people went on to become my students and some of them hired me to be in their projects. And so, you know, that's really what I just remember is like all of the, the relationships, people like yourself. We went to Northwestern, but without that, I don't think I'd be sitting yeah. here now because it really uh, forged a lot of friendships. Yeah. And I guess I, what I, I love, I love that. I think that's very, you know, honest and truthful. And I guess what I was just thinking about with what you said is, you know, try to find, you know, for people out there, try to find your artistic community, because I know that sounds simple, but I think, you know, and we were just talking about this Corbin in class last night, like sometimes you have different groups of people that provide different things. You know, like I got my buddies who we just talk about sports, you know, it's like, that's all we talk about. And if I try to bring up something more, artsy it's kind of not their world you know but find those people if you're interested in that and i guess you know when i think about that marcus what i loved was like yeah we had a bunch of writers and actors that were all excited about putting on the showcase we also obviously had the northwestern connection but there are a lot of places to find that and i thought yeah that was such a cool way to build a community and kind of build towards something have the showcase and see what it's going to be and then kind of move on to the next thing but yeah. you know um the NUEA and, and, and there's groups like that for, for people out there. It doesn't have to be through a through a college, but there's groups like that that are doing things and I think it's such a it's a way to stay active. You yeah. know, it's a way to stay doing things. I would say um for me, like uh talking about my second uh go round with UCB, it's that it is being on stage performing again, but it's that community uh being a part that I, I'm just so happy that I went back in because like, those are people yeah. that you can collaborate with. You mentioned earlier about, you know, wanting to mount my web series and having people that are going to come and help. And, you know, if you need a cinematographer, knowing someone asked to kind of make a reference, like I go into my UCB uh, community for all of that stuff now. Um, yeah, and you have to be intentional about fostering that and finding that for yourself. And so, Marcus, before we get to our final, our final thing, are you still doing like actors boot camp? Is where can people find that if they're interested in like you know your teaching and stuff like that? Where where can they go? Yeah, I I still am private coaching all the time, uh, yep. but I started back since you know the pandemic. We keep talking about it, but it it, uh, it changed a lot of things. But my yeah. in-person classes kind of shut down and didn't come back for a while after that. I've now crept yeah. back to doing twice a month. Uh, I'm calling them actor boot camps uh, as opposed to okay. doing a weekly class. But, it, it, you yeah. know, I, I just keep it fun, keep it challenging. Um, you can find how to contact me and kind of look at what the classes are about at uh, bookingroomla.com. Uh, follow me. Bookingroomla.com. Bookingroomla.com. Uh, yep. You know, follow me, Marcus Fomar, on uh, Instagram. And I always post 
when the classes come up, but they're basically twice a month now, uh, tend to be the second and fourth Wednesdays of each month. So, cool. uh, and we'll right. see where we go from there. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll go back to weekly classes, but I, I like the, uh, the one-on-one experience as well. Well, I, I love it. And I'd recommend Marcus. He's, he's awesome. He's a great, great guy, great actor really. And, 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 you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you've been supporting other storytellers and actors for a long time and in, in a really lovely way, Marcus. I mean, like, you know, just doing the thing, like being the co-president Corbin of like the NUA, yeah, wow. you're putting so much work in and it's like all behind the scenes, you know? And then people are like, well, why aren't we doing this? You're like, you don't know how many hours I put in for all this other stuff. I mean, it's right. one of those, it's like, it's like, a, it's kind of a thankless job. And, and I, it's, it's, you know, it's like when someone, they actually produce a showcase or something for themselves and they're like, oh my God, it's all this work. It's like, yeah, that's what goes into it. You know? And so my, my point is just, I know Marcus is a hard, hard worker and, 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 you know, just a, just a really good, one of the good ones. So, um, I love, wow. uh, love, you know, supporting, supporting you and supporting that. Marcus, thank you, sure. John. The feelings mutual. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, I've matured into it, Marcus. It wasn't always yeah. like this. Let's not talk about my twenties, twenties and maybe mid thirties, early thirties. Um, all right, Marcus, we have one final thing, uh, which is, uh, your best Bad, Bad acting. <laughs> and what we're going to do is um, Corbin's going to put a quote in the chat. And the idea is it's a famous one. You're going to probably know it. Um, you're going to have fun with it. You're not trying to imitate how it was done in the movie, but you can put your own spin on it. Like you can give it an accent. You can do it however you want to do it. And we might give you a redirect. It's just to have fun with it and just kind of be bad and play. That's all it is. Okay. Be bad and play. All right. Okay, do you say action or do I just go? And whenever, I take my, whenever. I take my own action. <laughs> take your own action. A census taker tried to quantify me once. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> So fun. But, what do you got? Oh I, what, I love That's a so redirect. Good. I love a redirect. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, I can tell Marcus is hungry for a redirect. Corbin, do you have one? Uh, I want to see. I want to see cop. I want to see your your cop that like you were pulling off with. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is this is Mar This is Marcus's bread and butter. All right. Yeah, I uh, census taker tried to quantify me once. <laughs> I ate his liver with some fava beans and. Uh, a nice Chianti. <laughs> yes. That, that, that sassy cop. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sassy, sassy cop. Uh, sassy, <laughs> sassy. At a, you know, reg sassy regional uh, cop. <laughs> sassy regional cop. So specific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I got one for about, you. Okay, yes, please. No, Marcus, can you do um, Kevin Costner from Yellowstone? Whatever that idea of that is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. This, uh, yeah, this is real specific. We got real specific. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, his face just changed. Everybody. Uh, a census taker tried to quantify me once. I <laughs> ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Ooh, that was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I haven't watched a lot of that show, but that, that <laughs> I haven't really strong. watched it either. I've watched it. I haven't really watched it. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so none of us know, but I love what you did, Marcus. It it made sense yeah. for me. It made sense yeah. for me. So oh if, I, if I misrepresented great. the show, don't at me. Don't at me. Uh, Marcus, this was lovely, man. Thank you so much. I mean, I really enjoyed, you know, uh, your stories and advice and yeah. just, you know, uh, just hearing what you had to say. It's, it's really lovely just, just having you here. Ah, my pleasure. It's been amazing. And it's good to see you yeah. and meet you. Yeah, uh, great meeting you. Corbin and, uh, yeah. For sure. This is awesome. Well, we, we want to let you get on with your day, but we really appreciate you taking the time and, and so excited to see you and, and, Good luck with everything, with the improv, with mm-hmm. the teaching, with the acting, so, and, and with Alleyway, folks. Check that out, too. Check out Alleyway, uh, 20 episodes. That's so yeah, uh, that's so wonderful. Support it. Yeah, Support alleywayseries.com. You can go go see see what you think. Uh, it'll be a, a few boom. laughs, at least. A, a, a few laughs, <laughs> a guarantee. Amazing. A few, a few. If you don't laugh, you can at him. Okay? Otherwise, you can't <laughs> yeah. at him. But if you Otherwise, don't laugh, if you're trying right. real hard, yeah, they're not going to yeah. succeed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, awesome. Well, Marcus, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day, bud. Thanks. All right, Bye. take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Moon and Spotlight Podcast.